Hi, I'm Dan Sterling and welcome back to the Christian Producers Podcast. Uh, today I'm going to be chatting to Jonathan Ogden, who I've known for a number of years now. Uh, we've co-produced uh, most of the Rivers and Robots albums at this point. Um, Jonathan also has solo music and does a lot of songwriting and production for uh, other artists. He's just starting to uh, branch out away from doing his own stuff uh, and working with other people. Uh, so we had a really good chat. And he really offers a different perspective on faith um, and, and the, the link between that and music, uh, as well as a different perspective on working with people versus uh, creating your own solo music. So had a great chat and looking forward to sharing it with you. Hi, Jonathan. How are you? Hi. <laughs> I never know how to start these things. It's always a little bit awkward. It's like once you get 30 seconds in, it's cool. But, um, That's true. You've got to get that initial flow going. Yeah. <laughs> Not there yet. Um, so uh, I've spoken to Tim Gosden and uh, Johnny Bird. Mm. And this is true for me as well. Uh, in all cases, it's like um, our dads have been really impactful on how we... Mm got into music and got into recording and stuff and um i know you've talked a bit about to me anyway about um when rivers and robots went more folky kind of third album mm -hmm. all things new that that kind of came out of um going to lots of gigs with your dad um, yeah what was it like what was like your relationship to music growing up what was how, how mm -hmm. did that go? yeah um yeah same my dad's had a big influence through the whole thing really um i mean i my church kids i grew up with my dad leading at the church and uh small church so he was kind of doing that thing of like leading worship and preaching some Sundays and <laughs> kind of doing the all-round thing um so I often played when my dad was leading worship and would kind of like musically support that and then um yeah even like around the house there was just a lot of music being played all the time and particularly like 60s music with lots of harmonies and Everly Brothers and Beach Boys and all that kind of stuff and so I think that made me appreciate melody and harmony from a really early age and I'm just like always drawn to that in music now um yeah when I think around the time that like Bonnie Bear and Fleet Foxes came out into the same type of music because it was like a refresh of that old kind of 60s harmony sound so yeah, yeah. it was like a something we could both appreciate and um yeah we used to go to just loads of gigs in Manchester and my dad got really into like Last FM I think it was at the time where you could see like if you like this artist, you'll like this one. And there were some days I'd come home and he'd be like recommending a band I'd never heard of before and we'd, we'd go and see that gig. And, yeah, it was just cool. But I think even probably before even the first Rivers and Robots album, that was an influence on it. Just like seeing all this different like musical expression and um, everything from like indie music to folk and electronic and all that stuff. It just helped me to appreciate all of that and then. Yeah. bring that out in a musical way so. <laughs> i was interested because um the way i i kind of see how rivers and robots has been over the years is like first two albums were kind of slightly quirky electronic mm -hmm. um, and then uh all things new is quite you know, acoustic guitar based eternal yeah. electric guitar based and then still which is a bit of a, a bonus album in a, or, i mean mm -hmm. it's, it's amazing i love it but um <laughs> it's one of my favorite things I've, I've helped with um but um but it was a kind of piano bass, kind of drawn from like Nils Fromm, Oliver Arnold, yeah, yeah. stuff like that. And then 
I guess Discovery is kind of an amalgamation of all that. Um, mm. But uh, the, what I'm leading is it's interesting because you've got all you're drawing from all those different things, um, mm-hmm. and yet you've also got Jonathan Ogden as a, a separate thing. So, mm-hmm. uh, what what do you think it is that ties Rivers and Robots together as a project? Mm. That's drawing from all these different things over the years, and what yeah. makes that different from Jonathan Ogden music? Yeah, I think Rivers and Robots definitely like the flavor has changed <laughs> um, through each album, and even like on one album i think there's a lot like even all things new is like primarily folky but then you've got like fall down in the middle of it and stuff so (laughs) there's always been that kind of like mishmash of stuff um but i think like lyrically it's always very much just singing about the person of jesus and like very much like vertical worship kind of talking about the attributes of god um and i think even like vocally there's a consistent sound of that kind of like layered reverb type thing (laughs) um and yeah i think it's just a certain kind of style of song that's hard to like pin down but i just kind of feel even recently i've been writing a bunch of stuff and just every now and then you write something you're like this just feels rivers and robotsy somehow (laughs) um i'm just gonna like put that in that folder um i think for me the solo stuff was kind of just a outlet of like going back to the very early days of like being in my bedroom and just recording something on my laptop and um just a kind of I think I wouldn't I don't know if I'd say it's more experimental. I think they're both quite experimental in different ways, but it's like a different type of experimenting of like just sitting there and being like, I'm just gonna try this thing now and see what that sounds like and yeah. I think lyrically the songs are probably more personal. Um there are a lot of like prayer type songs or almost like my way of journaling what God's doing in my life, but through music. Um, and then, yeah, musically, it's kind of just like trying stuff out. <laughs> so yeah. I'll just be like, oh, I'll give hip hop a go and don't <laughs> feel like I need to make that fit in a Rivers and Robots album somehow. It can just be a side thing. So, <laughs> so it's interesting because um, I guess for me and um, and for the others I've spoken to, it's like someone will give us a song and mm. we'll work with that song. And it may be like it comes in a very early form and then we, we develop mm-hmm. the sound together um and and depending on like when when i've worked with you guys you, you you've got quite a strong idea of what you want and then it's adding bits to that mm-hmm. or finding ways to to create that thing that's in your head um yeah for you um i think you you kind of produce arrange write all in the same mm-hmm. all at the same time pretty much um yeah so like i mean do you when you start out a song is it more of a thematic thing that drives you or is it like, oh, I want to try something with this genre or mm. how, what, what? Yeah, I think it's it? it's nearly always the musical side. Like I I basically just, when I write, I try and just come up with interesting sounds as like the beginning. <laughs> yeah. um, and so it might be a certain genre. It might be, yeah, I guess like a mood of a song. I might just think I want to write a really summary song today or... I want to try something really chilled and a lot of the time I don't even know what it's going to be until it starts coming together I just right. I like that thing of like sitting down with a complete blank page and just trying out sounds and thinking okay this sounds interesting let's follow that direction um, a lot of the time I try not to think about where it's going to end up I literally just like kind of like follow where the song's going and I'm just like don't worry about is this going to fit on an album or what project is this going to be like let's just see where this musical idea goes and sometimes it's completely random like 
last week I was doing some like crazy drum and bass song and I'm like, this is never going to go on anything I'll ever release, but it's just kind of fun to make it and stretch myself. And then yeah. sometimes it'll be like a fully musical idea and then that might turn into a Rivers and Robots song one day, but yeah. it tends that's- to be music and then I add lyrics and stuff on top of that. Yeah, that, that's interesting because I guess with you being a producer and an artist, um, you've got that freedom. Whereas mm. for me, it's like someone will send me like a bunch of songs and be like, I really like this artist and this artist. I want it to be a bit like this. I like yeah. there's, there's, there's always room for a bit of, um, you know, in, inspiration in the moment. And I, I try and schedule things so that, that we've got time to do that. But um, mm. but yeah, like, I, I guess you've got quite a lot of freedom there and a lot of scope mm. to, to just yeah do a drum and bass thing and that, that yeah <laughs> i think there's a limit inside as well though in that i actually struggle a bit with that like hearing an unfinished idea and then trying to figure out how that would sound because mm. i think the writing process is so linked to production for me that it's like i don't really know how to take something that's just a simple like melody and guitar line and then make that whole song because i haven't kind of heard what it was going to be yeah um, yeah yeah so I'm kind of learning how to do that at the moment, but yeah. So you yeah. you've been uh, working with Philip Shabata. How's that going? What's what's been the process yeah. of that? Yeah, it's been good. I mean, I think he's probably quite similar to me in that, like, he's shared demos that pretty much sound like finished songs for a lot of them. Um, so it's kind of just been like tweaking stuff, and I think he's been just learning a lot himself in like production and all of that, and. Um, it's kind of just looking for me to like nudge it a bit further than he's taken it. Um, so that's been really cool. Um, and I have, I've done a few stuff with like rappers and um, other people who've reached out and just said, can you make a beat for me? And then mm. I'm going to use this for such a thing. And they'll literally just give me like a BPM or like, okay. um, I want this beat and this kind of feel, and then you go and create something. So that's been okay. kind of fun to like write or produce with a specific goal in mind. Um, yeah. Kind of focuses so, I mean- me a bit. Yeah, and I guess maybe maybe that's. I wonder if that's part of doing the thing with Rivers and Robots, where you've been like, this is going to be based on this instrument. If that's a limiting mm. factor that can help you focus, yeah, for that period of time. Yeah, I think I just get inspired by an instrument. It's more like, right. like literally, yeah. Eternal Sun was because I went to see Real Estate and I liked his Fender Strat and I bought one, <laughs> and then I just wanted to play that all the time, so I ended up writing all the songs on that. <laughs> There is a weird thing about that, and like you pick up a Les Paul and you suddenly want to play Led Zeppelin songs, or, or yeah. like, and and you write completely different songs on piano, apart you know because it's structured mm-hmm. differently anyway, isn't it? And it's really interesting how that. Uh, yeah, I don't know what that is, but uh, yeah, yeah, definitely write different types of songs on each instrument. <laughs> you um, I I associate a lot of um on your electronic stuff as well with like a lot of vocal manipulation, and oh. uh, and I, I, again I'm wondering like do you do you like dig and find a sample and then mess about with it to just sort of see what it comes out like or are you shooting for a particular thing and then you find a sample that fits that or how mm-hmm. does that work um yeah it depends on i'd say i have two ways of doing it either it's like the core thing of the song <laughs> um so sometimes it's just i really like to take a sample um drop it into ableton's simpler tool and then I use this slice thing where it basically like you set the sensitivity and it creates slices out of the sample and then you can play it with a keyboard. Mm. Um, so I basically do that and then I think songs like Fall Down actually kind of started that way. Mm. Um, just kind of jamming with the sample and then that kind of vocal chop hook became the basis of the song. So um, sometimes it's that way around and sometimes it's 
more of like a flavor I want to add in near the end. So I've already got a whole track and I just kind of hear something. I'm like, I just want this little vocal. And I think that I go more for texture um, of like, I want a really breathy vocal or I want like a big group vocal sound that I could chop up here. And I won't bother too much about the notes because I'll just transpose and stretch stuff like crazy anyway. So (laughs) as long as it's kind of got the right type of sound that I want to put in as a texture, then I'll try and do some digging and find something. And try and make it sound so different that it's not recognisable. Yeah, because <laughs> that, be <laughs> that, that that fall down thing is, is I don't think they're actually saying fall down, are they? It's just like the way that it was. Um, did it, it kind of ended up sounding <laughs> like that? Cause, oh. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of a funny way. I've done it with a few songs, like I think ten ten a.m. more on the beat tape was hmm. a lady saying four, but because of the way it was chopped up, it sounded like more. <laughs> right, yeah. And I just did it with a new song as well. It was like. It's an instrumental. And I think it's a group singing "Hour," "Hour," something or other. But it's, when you chop it on its own, it sounds like power. So I've called the song "Power," even though it's not what they say. <laughs> those, uh, what are those YouTube videos where they they do the, the bad lip reading? <laughs> it's like... Bad lip reading. Yeah. <laughs> it's basically bad lip reading. Yeah. Musical form. <laughs> um, I know uh, another thing that's inspired you has been. Um, like you do a lot of uh, like extended worship times. Uh, you're involved mm-hmm. in the Manchester House of Prayer. Yeah. And um, a part of that uh, like style of worship is that they'll open the Bible. Uh, I'm going to totally mangle this, but hopefully, uh, <laughs> open the Bible and yeah. sing spontaneously out of what the scripture is saying and then pray mm-hmm. often in song uh, from that. Um, and, and, and I think you've actually written some songs in that process that have ended up mm-hmm. on albums. Um, yeah. I wondered if like production is a a method of devotion for you as well. Is that, mm. is that yeah? I think so. Um, yeah, I think that's something I've been learning more recently. Um, I think I'm starting to see less of a divide these days between like this is worship and this is not worship, and like realizing that actually just that process of sitting down and crafting melodies and ideas can 100% be worship and I can use that as devotion or even prayer sometimes like I find to pray with something that's like musical is really really helps me I guess just as a musician (laughs) Um, but yeah for me it's like tapping into that creative thing that like God's made me to be able to do and I think everyone to be able to do to an extent like we're made creative in the image of God as a creator and so I think anytime we start going into that creative process we can do that like in relationship with him and like yeah. try and create something that really is like yeah i see it as quite a devotional kind of spiritual thing <laughs> yeah i always i always think that's really interesting in um you know like genesis it talks about you know you've know, got the garden of eden there and that, that picture of a garden where there's something that god's created and it's natural but gardens need tending as well otherwise they go wild and yeah. I love that kind of picture of co-laboring with God, which you know you sort of see in, in the New Testament as well. Um, mm-hmm. And I think with production, it's um, I know for me, like I, I always try and do that thing of like. So the the process for me, I've talked about this on on other ones, but um, where someone will send me a voice memo, and then we'll do pre-production just to make sure we're in the the right ballpark, and it's not like you know I turn a fuzz pedal on and everyone's like, oh no, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but also like having enough space so that so we know what direction we're going in, but we've got enough space to actually 
rely on the Holy Spirit and 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 take a few risks and mm. record a few things with effects, record a few things in the moment that maybe we didn't plan. Um, yeah, and I've I've loved that in particular with uh, Epiphany, the um, mm. the 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 so I, good. <laughs> I guess the kind of classical, uh, like I don't know, classical ensemble or something like that that played on a few records, mm. and um, and they do this amazing thing, don't they, where they um they go to art galleries and like will play spontaneously over someone and it's almost like mm. they're prophesying with their music um yeah. and just getting some of that captured on uh, particularly on still i think um it's just amazing and, and you can feel i i think if you record in that mindset of um giving god space there's something mm. really exciting about it and it's partly because you don't quite know where it's going to go mm. but i also think you, you're giving god chance to speak through the music and yeah when you capture that, I think it, that resonates with other people. Um, totally, yeah. yeah. I think even like the ending of My Refuge is probably like my favorite bit on Discovery. Oh um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was basically that process, and it? it was like, I think we were tracking drums with Caleb was the first thing, and basically just said, just play like another thirty-two bars or whatever it is of like whatever you feel like playing, yeah. <laughs> and then at every stage of that process, we'd like spontaneously track whatever instrument we were tracking. So. It was yeah. kind of this mixture of like studio recorded but spontaneous at the same time and like it was just fun having this section of the song that you like I have no idea what that part's going to sound like until we finish and yeah, yeah. it gets to the end I was like that's probably my favorite bit now. <laughs> yeah, no, me too and it's yeah it's just it's got that liveliness to it and it cuz I, I think some people think you have to track all the instruments together to get that um mm. and I think that that does there's definitely advantage to that if you've got an amazing band. Um Yeah. And you guys are amazing, but um, there's so many technical things. Like it's like, oh, the bass yeah. messed that up, so guitarist needs to. Yeah. <laughs> but um, but yeah, it's. I think there's something good about if you track the drums with with the the main songwriter or artist playing along, mm-hmm. and then you, you get a bit of that freedom. But then yeah. yeah, being open to what God might do all along the process. Mm-hmm. It was it was it was the same with um, what was that song on Discovery? Um, there was a spontaneous, fairly spontaneous line, wasn't there? The when anxious thoughts take hold of me. Yeah, it? same song, but Is earlier it? on. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 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 Lots of spontaneous bits in that one. <laughs> yeah, I think we all went out for uh, some food or something, and you kind of yeah. Just before I you think I had it. this space for a verse three and just never had lyrics yet, and then I think it was like the day of recording the vocal. I was like, I really need to write a verse, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, I just sat at your piano, I think, in your living room, and then like. Yeah, just, like heard the lyrics come and I was like, boom, that's verse three. <laughs> and you came back from lunch and recorded it. <laughs> I think we, um, yeah, I, I just I mean, while we're on that, um, I think the uh, ending to Forevermore was was quite a fun one as well. With that, where mm. it's like we had this beautiful ending with with Epiphany playing this mm-hmm. beautiful riff and stuff, and then it's like, oh, do you do fade it out? That's a bit nineteen eighties. Yeah, and then I think you had this idea of um, I can't remember how it. How did it? I remember it was me and you, and uh-huh. we were left to our own devices for a couple of hours. <laughs> yeah, and I think did you? you it must happen. have been your idea to do the underwater thing. I think. Yeah, I think it was. We were just like debating different ways of doing fade yeah. outs, and I think you maybe mentioned like filtering or something. And it, it reminded me of um, there's a Thrice album, uh, the Alchemy Index with like these four EPs, um, mm-hmm. each inspired by different. 
element or whatever it is. And the acoustic one is Earth, and it ends. It's kind of like a creepy ending, but they basically finish by like burying the mic under the ground, and then like right. you hear the song like gradually getting more muffled. Um, and I was like, what if we did like a put the song underwater? Yeah, and I remember <laughs> kind of had the ocean theme as well through the whole album. So I remember thinking and, about the uh, badly drawn out uh, badly drawn boy album, uh, Hour of the Bewilderbeasts. There's a bit where mm. there's this jump into water, and then it all goes kind of dark sound but you take all the yeah take all the top end off and uh uh-huh. it was cool i remember like i really love that and, and loads of people have commented on, on how they love it but um i remember we were a little bit nervous when we went to abbey road and yeah. uh for the for the mastering <laughs> and uh, because it sounds like you've flushed it down the toilet or something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, uh, i just loved sharing that to everyone like not telling them it was coming just playing the song i'm just like waiting to see <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> reaction was going to come out. It's always fun, <laughs> and it was cool. Like, because um, that song that um, that comes out of it, and this is a, another thing as well. I think having that freedom was that um, that that was going to be the intro to the album, wasn't it? Um, yeah, and then it, it never quite yeah. formed as a song, um, but then it mm-hmm. just felt like the right place to put that as well at the end. There. Yeah, I think that's the fun thing of like that whole thing of writing stuff without necessarily knowing where it's going to be, like just to have that demo that was kind of sat around and I guess we thought it would be the intro I didn't really know but in the end we are just like oh I guess we won't use it and then being able to just like, pull that in right at the end and go actually let's just drop that demo in because it works quite well yeah. <laughs> it was like, quite fun to be able to do that no it's, it's brilliant um, so how um, um, sorry <laughs> oh yeah um, so uh, like you've um, you work in um in in the office in the set sale office doing mm-hmm. um the the kind of more well it's, it's a charity isn't it that for for creative um mm. kind of a mission mission one was to to creative people um yeah. how do you like find time to be creative and do your own projects whilst you're also doing like 9 to 5 on what feels like less creative things yeah um yeah it's been a challenge um and it's been this weird thing of like, I mean, initially going full time, that was one of the things we spoke about was like, we'll have all this time to be creative now um, and like do all of this stuff. Um, and I found it weird to begin with that it was like the thing that I had to do in my spare time, it was now okay to do like in the day. <laughs> yeah. um, but then we also realized that as the project grew, like as Rivers and Robots grew, it just creates a lot of work as well. And then you end up kind of like back in your old situation of like we're doing so much work again trying to sustain this creative project and um not having as much time to do the creative stuff that we're trying to sustain so um we've tried to do a few things like so we just started creative fridays i think last year um where we kind of had like admin monday <laughs> which we started because we just need there was all these emails and everything that needed doing so we're like if we have a whole day that's dedicated to that then we can like really focus on it and it might clear up the rest of the week and then um later on we added in creative friday at the other end to say like if there's too much admin stuff going on then you've at least got a day where it's okay to just like go and write songs or produce stuff and um i think sometimes it is uh still like an evenings weekends thing (laughs) Mm -hmm. um but i think some of that's kind of just the way i work i think i like to make stuff late at night and i think there's something about the quietness of night time and like no distractions and I can just kind of go for hours and <laughs> yeah. work on stuff if I need to but I think the I think distraction I, I think the distraction is is the thing isn't it because um because I, I work during the day um 
kind of have to really it's my job but <laughs> i think um like like having this space and it being so quiet in here um just makes a massive difference just having a, a, a specific place to work as well i think and mm. um yeah because like when when um when we were when i mixed uh all things new i was still in uh i was in this one bed flat basically and it was just yeah. <laughs> it was uh i mixed in the room that i slept in um so <laughs> yeah it was mad it was, it was, there was always plugs around and like my wife would like stand on a plug in the middle of the night and yeah i think i think there's something special about that yeah but um so do you see yourself doing more uh production for other people in the future because like, you're doing that with philip and and like so yeah for other people yeah i think so um it's something i would like to do i don't know how soon it may be more like a long-term thing um but I think having done a lot of stuff like with the Rivers and Robots and all of that, like if I've learned anything about myself over it is that I know my favourite part of it is the kind of crafting of the song and like that kind of just creating something that's like, yeah, that whole blank page thing again, like going in and there is no song and then coming out of a session and you've got something. <laughs> um, and I love like all the touring and the travelling and all that side of it as well, but like definitely the bit that makes me come alive most is like the geeky sitting behind a computer and just tinkering with stuff and <laughs> like crafting this kind of sound and arrangement that goes on to become a song people listen to on YouTube or in the car or whatever it is. And I think even just with a few worship things, like I've done a few like songwriting stuff that other people have sang. Um, or even just hearing people like cover songs of ours. I think I just love it every time I hear a different voice that's not mine singing a song that I helped to write and like um there's just something really cool about that and i, I kind of like felt like that was something i might go into and then even just this year i've had people reaching out to me saying can i produce stuff for them which i've never had before and i'm like it's weird that that happened at the same time i was just thinking about doing this but yeah um yeah trying to figure out how to do that while doing like a band full time as well so i don't <laughs> think i'll be doing loads of it at the moment but yeah yeah definitely something i enjoy I've uh, I know for me like um one of my favorite things about it is um drawing out like I guess I always feel like it's not my name on the front cover and and if I'm looking mm -hmm. it'll be on the back kind of thing um and so drawing out the sound of the person I'm working with um has that been like a transition because I I don't work working with Philip and and different ones mm -hmm. or I don't know are they are they coming to you for your sound because of uh stuff you've done or are you trying to get their sound How, or? Yeah I think it's uh, a mixture of both um, there's definitely that's one of the things I'm most drawn to I think is like being able to pull songs out of people and like <laughs> um, give life to like stuff that they've created and, mm. um, I just love when you hear like a song from someone that's really beautiful and they just kind of come to you without the know-how of like mm. how to make it into a full recorded thing and I think one of my big passions is even like our set sail vision we say we want to equip, encourage, and inspire artists and creators, and um, it just feels like a very practical way to, to be able to do that. Of like, I'm literally going to equip you to like run with this song that you've written and like um, put some like sonic stuff to that. And I think there's definitely a part of probably from like solo stuff, doing a lot of the beat tape and um, very like electronic driven stuff. That I think Philip in particular is like trying to draw some of that because he's like probably more of a maybe like neo-soul, jazz, R&B kind of vibe. Um, yeah, yeah. 
and then he'd kind of like bring in these song arrangements to me and just like put your Jonathan thing on it and like yeah. <laughs> put some of that, that stuff you do on the beat tape or whatever so I think some people are like definitely coming for the sound of stuff I've done before but um, yeah it's fun and it's it's nice to be stretched into genres that I probably wouldn't have written for my own stuff but like yeah I get to help someone else because that's their thing <laughs> yeah and I think it's like knowing to, I think I think playing to your strengths as well it's like um, I uh, so a lot of the stuff I get is you know i get a lot of people like wanting to do worship but it, they don't want it to sound like normal worship mm. it's totally because i've worked with you guys um yeah. and i get get some gospel stuff as well um and i guess yeah. you just kind of get known for doing certain things don't you and um mm-hmm. but then uh, and, uh, and i guess that's a good thing because then if someone's heard what you've done they know that you can do that and then they you know they can kind of figure out that it will work with their sound as well and, and most of yeah. the time it does that you know people are usually self-aware enough to, to, to pick the right guy, I think. Um, mm. That's really interesting. Um, so uh, so you feel like you're being pushed into doing styles that you've, you've not done before? Um, I guess like the yeah, some of them. I think there's definitely some that if someone asked me to produce, I'd be like, I can't do that. <laughs> um, I feel, I mean, I'm still, I feel very much at the beginning of that kind of journey of like producing, particularly for other people. Um, and there's definitely like a certain lane that I'm quite comfortable in of like the kind of more electronic stuff um, and yeah I think it's probably even more on the um, almost like writing slash production than it is right. like fully production and I think yeah. sometimes when it gets to that end of like the final like mix and master and all that kind of stuff I'm kind of like out of my depth a little bit because mm-hmm. I think my main strength is like the core arrangement of the song and like bringing in those ideas and like um bringing the sounds in there but i've been trying to like hand over the final bit of actually yeah tweaking everything to make it sound good to somebody else because <laughs> that's still kind of out of my uh out of my world <laughs> with the uh with, with 24 so tim he mastered it but he did a stem master didn't he and um mm. i've mastered for people but i've never actually done stem mastering um mm. so what um how much so what, how far did you take it and then and then what did he do from there and how did that work so I basically took all the songs like a finished production point and then um, I grouped them by like all the drums in one bass in one kind of like by instrument it was probably like six or seven stems per track Um, so it wasn't like a huge file Um, I think vocals might have split those out individually if there was lots of layers Mm. Um, but yeah I think for me it was like so like the seasons project that I did the four EPs I just mixed and mastered that myself at home and mm. I don't mind how it sounds but definitely like when I listen to it in the car and stuff there's some frequencies that pop out and I'm like oh, I wish I knew how to get rid of that and <laughs> um, just there's a lot of stuff that I listen back and like if I had just taken a bit more time on that final step like it would have sounded better yeah, yeah. Um, so I was like I just need another pair of ears um, I know Tim's done a lot of like dance music and electronic stuff I think I worked with him with Ben Jack um, so we did his like Galactus Jack album and like it was very much on like the pop end of the scale and the beat tape felt like one of those kind of pop projects in that sense so yeah. I was like I want someone that's like done that that can hear those certain sounds and be like oh this needs to be brighter or this needs to be yeah. take this frequency out of the piano or whatever it is and um, so did I you... it just gave me a bit more confidence in knowing that it was going to sound good at the other end <laughs> did you did you mix before you you posted those stems out or did it was it quite uh, yeah 
yeah, I, like I had a mix that was like as far as I could get it, um, and I left all like effects and everything on there. So pretty much what I sent him was as far as I got it, and then he kind of like added the extra parts and yeah, run a bunch of plugins on stuff and mm-hmm. I guess compression, saturation, EQ, all that stuff. But yeah, I don't really know. He did this. Sounds did great. Anyway, uh, <laughs> really good sounding uh, album. Um, it's nice for me because I uh, I don't tend to listen to stuff that I've worked on but it's, it's nice for me to hear your songs and hear your voice on something mm. I, I didn't get involved in because it's like oh right, yeah. I should listen to yeah. music this is nice. I think it makes you notice things about your own production sometimes as well because like I think I realised how like deep and I had a lot of like probably low mids or something but um, I think the first time I heard one of the songs Tim sent back I was like oh it's so bright and like sounds really like crisp and I didn't know if I liked it at first and then I went and listened to like other electronic music and I was like oh wait yeah it sounds a lot like that stuff and then I listened back to my demo and I was like well this is really like muffled and deep like yeah, compared yeah. To what he's I just had no idea it was like that because I'd been in it so long but yeah. I've been on a similar journey where I uh, I used to record you know mix and master everything I recorded and then um, it's with you guys actually going to Abbey Road that first time um, mm. having someone else master I was so nervous about like, what, yeah. you know. <laughs> and uh, it was great because he like turned around and smiled and I was like, oh great, everything's good. But yeah, um, but, yeah since then it's like, it's really, really, I, I really love the, I, I, I don't like the idea of not having another pair of ears now at that last mm. stage of, of mastering mm. in particular. Um, I've never had anyone mix my stuff yet, but, um, but I'd be open to it. I think it'd be, yeah. be interesting to see what they would do with it. Um, yeah. I've often wondered about like making a track and then sending it off to like a few people and not telling them and then <laughs> seeing like the differences when they come back and like did they all turn my bass down or did they all like make this a certain way? And yeah, maybe learn something from that if it did. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's, yeah. The thing is, there's so much down to taste as well, isn't there? Like, um, True, yeah. everyone's got a different different take on it, and um, I mean, you go across a genre, it's always different anyway. And I think mm-hmm. there's a thing about I don't know, like for for rock, you tend into one like a loud kick, loud snare, and you know loudish vocals. But pop would have an even louder vocal, and um, yeah. and the yeah, brightness pop's very bright. Um, like indie tends to be a bit darker, and mm-hmm. yeah, I mean there's, there's loads of. I think ultimately, I think it's just down to like what 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 makes you excited at the time, what's what's interesting, mm-hmm. what's and I, I think the fact that because we're in digital we've got like endless opportunities to tweak and change things i think sometimes restricting yourself a bit we talk, i was talking to johnny about this on, on the last one mm-hmm. um like sometimes i don't know because I, I i think actually i i always feel like you know you need a good song to start with that's that's the main thing and mm-hmm. then if you can record it as well as possible that's great um and then mix it as well as possible master it as well as possible but if you don't have the great song, the, the other stuff's kind of, you know what I mean? People will forgive it a little bit yeah. more if you've got the decent song. Um, and and I think, uh, yeah, I, I, you, you want to record as if you couldn't mix and you want to mix as if you couldn't master, you know, just trying to yeah. get down at each stage. But because um, the, there is a tendency to be like, oh, we'll fix it later or we'll, you know, do a million tape. But yeah, it's interesting. It's I, I, I think it's one of the things that I love as well. It's it's interesting, like you're kind of starting out in this thing of working with other people, but um, but like you just learn, you're constantly learning stuff, and um, mm-hmm. 
I think I think one of the things for me, like I learned so much from collaborating. Um, and I just wonder, like, how do you, when you're working on your own so much, mm-hmm. uh, how do you, what do you do to try and learn new things, or have you got? Yeah, um, I think I, I'm always trying to stretch myself, genre wise, and like, I'll just listen to something and be like, I'm gonna try and make that because I don't know how that works. <laughs> right. Um, and then, I watch a bunch of YouTube stuff. Like, I'm always on. I like really like live streams at the moment because you get a bit of a like unedited insight into what people are doing. So I was watching one from um, the guy from Disclosure. It's like very pop sound, but just he'd stream the whole process of like a new single, like an hour and a half going through all the plugins he uses track by track. And hmm. um, I literally made a big note of like stuff I want to buy after that. <laughs> I was just like, oh, that plugin's cool. That was cool. That's um, endless issue. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think doing that and also um, I try and like, contrast stuff like ab test it with another song um so i'll like produce something and then i'll find like a reference that's kind of similar genre and then like try and level match them and turn them off and on and be like oh wait their drums are a lot quieter than mine or mm. it's got a different sound and just try and like try and spot the differences but i think a lot of it i mean it's similar with design because like as someone that does design as well like i think the main thing you learn is like train your eye to see something and i think it's probably the same with music as well is like you're just training your ear to hear stuff that's like noticing certain frequencies and noticing the sounds of things more than just i like this song to like mm. what's actually made of it and how do the parts come together and i think it just comes a lot of time of listening to stuff and working on stuff that i think gradually I, th- improve. I think there's something really good about like the the, the listening that i do for uh for, for fun for myself is that i still mm. use the same headphones that i use um when i'm mm. when i'm working um yeah. on my monitors as well that's as good because like, then you're just getting used to hearing because like you know every monitor is going to color it slightly um even though yeah you know they try to be as flat as possible um and like getting to hear how music should sound in your environment and in your space mm. and with your tools um yeah something that yeah that's important actually that's one of the things i found with philip's thing um i mean we've been just doing it like either around at his house in his room or in my room but <laughs> we have very different speakers and mm. um i've tried to like do some stuff on one of his tracks with his stuff and then came home and played it on mine i was like whoa that's not what i thought it sounded like at yeah, all yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. so you definitely well, get used to a certain thing i've had uh, yeah well i had it um so we, we we did guitars at um martin smith's place and we and um mm. and uh it's just got an amazing setup down there um i, th- I think he's moved now actually but um but uh yeah amazing speakers but they're not the speakers that i'm used to so it was mm-hmm. uh and, and that wasn't so bad because we were recording but like for for mixing like mm. well uh, so now i like i'll always i don't care where like i'll I'll take my my speakers in because yeah <laughs> i, I want to know what i'm hearing you know and uh yeah yeah, yeah it's a bit, bit of a faff, like carrying this thing around but <laughs> <laughs> yeah but it's, yeah and it's it's not that that yours are right and his are wrong necessarily either it's just what you've got used yeah. to what you're listening to day day in day out totally um, yeah uh, but having said that i think there's an advantage to to testing out on different speakers as well after you've mm. uh, you've done it but. yeah i didn't used to do that and then i realized the error of my ways <laughs> <laughs> usually in the car i was bass was always the culprit i'd be like have this mega loud bass because i've got like quite flat monitors and then yeah, I go and play it in my car. Like everything's shaking, and I'm just like, <laughs> maybe I should turn that down. 
I used to do um <laughs> I used to get there's this plugin called Bass Room, which I'll tell you about later if you want. But um okay. <laughs> tell you about it now if you want. It's only fifty quid. Um it's worth worth trying. Um it's not full it's not foolproof, <laughs> but um but it um you, you can you, you choose a genre and it'll um give you targets for what the bass should be in that genre. Nice. Um and it, it does do some weird stuff sometimes where it's like remove six decibels of all the bass and you're like, No, I don't want to do that. <laughs> Um, but if you if you get it to where you think it should be and then put it on at the end, it can it can give you a few pointers. Um, mm. But um, yeah, I used to do the the car thing because and the, the the reasoning behind it is you you listen to music in the car all the time, so you kind of it's that mm-hmm. thing again. You're familiar with that. Uh, yeah. And then I did it, and then we changed cars, and um, I just I, I couldn't. It was it just didn't sound right at all. Like I yeah. got it right in the car and then brought it back. I was like, oh no, that's really weird. So. <laughs> I've t- I've tended yeah, now to that do, as well. I do I do my iMac speakers, you know, the internal speakers and my headphones, mm. my monitors. Um, yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm blessed to be in a balanced room now as well, which is nice. But mm-hmm. yeah, that's cool. That's good. <laughs> so, um, what do you want people to know about what have you, what what's come out recently? What are you working on? What's yeah? Um, what's top secret? So, mm, <laughs> I guess. I have a bunch of like songs. I mean, the main project is probably still twenty four, although it's almost a year old, <laughs> which is kind of crazy now. Um, I think I first put the single out, the first single from it came out in October, um, oh. so like it's only a couple of months off. But uh, yeah, I've been doing a lot of like lockdown songs. <laughs> I think just from being at home a lot, and it's been a good excuse to like reach out and collaborate with people mm-hmm. that I'm not with. So. Um, written songs with a bunch of people. There's a guy called Joe Bay, like really good producer, like just crazy talented on every instrument it seems in right. slightly frustrating way. Uh, <laughs> and uh, he's we've done like a collaboration song, so he kind of sent me that, and I wrote some words for it. So I think we just finished that this week. So I don't know when that'll be out, but so what was that artist's name again? It's think- called Joe Bay, B A E. So yeah, I think he's gonna do like a little EP with a few different people, so that'll probably be out soon. Right. Um, but yeah, and then we're just writing a bunch of new stuff, which you will hear when it's ready. <laughs> <laughs> That's really cool. Um, brilliant. Well, good to chat. Um, what's your Instagram, Twitter, and all that? Yeah, uh, you can find me on J Ogden UK. It is not Jogdenuk, as a lot of people think. Uh, <laughs> uh, I think my website's JonathanOgden.co.uk. The band is Rivers and Robots, all one word, and our ministry is Set Sail, time to set sail.com. Yeah. Brilliant. Thanks for chatting. No worries. Thanks for having me.